Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. It wasn't the news that anyone wanted to return to after the Thanksgiving break. Tonight, what we know and don't know about the new coronavirus variant Omicron as America braces for its first case of the COVID strain. The news sent a chill across the land. A new speed bump on the COVID recovery. We're going to begin with America's fast-evolving response to the newest strain of the coronavirus. It's called the Omicron variant. President Biden is urging caution, but he says lockdowns are currently not, we repeat, not on the table. Health officials warn it's likely the strain is already here in this country. And as if on cue... A recent case of COVID-19 among an individual in California was caused by the Omicron variant. This week on 880 In-Depth, a calm voice that leads the New York City Health Department's fight against COVID-19 helps us understand the Omicron variant and promises. We know what we need to do to keep folks safe. Vaccination, masking, and other precautions like testing. Welcome to 880 In-Depth. I'm Tim Sheld. What's that line? I'm not a doctor, but I play one on TV. Well, Torian Easterling is in fact a medical doctor, and he plays one on TV. Hi, it's Dave Choksi, the city's doctor, and I'm here with my friend and colleague, Dr. Torian Easterling. I'm the health department's chief equity officer and first deputy commissioner, and we are sharing the good news that children ages 5 to 11. Now that we're out of the election cycle here in New York, those commercials, especially the one with Dr. Tory and Easterling, are perhaps the most frequently seen spots on New York TV. When we spoke to the city health department this past week, asking them to hear more about how they're reacting to the Omicron variant, they offered us time with Dr. Easterling, and we got right on the phone with him. We first learned about uh, a variant, uh, an emerging variant, uh, last week on the 26th. Uh, researchers in South Africa uh, began to sound, a, a, sound the alarm uh, on what we now know to a virus or a variant that has several mutations. Um, this can certainly impact the way that the virus can behave. For example, how easily it spreads or the severity of illness that it causes. Um, but there's a lot that is unknown about the Omicron variant. And we're still waiting for uh, more studies, uh, more data to be released. Um, But what we do know is that the primary variant that is here in New York City 
continues to be the Delta variant. And we know that our vaccines are effective against past variants like Delta. And so our preparation is continuing to remind New Yorkers, we know what we need to do to keep folks safe, vaccination, masking, and other precautions like testing. Our conversation with Dr. Easterling continues in a moment, but first, let's set the table on the news that broke this week from the nation's top doctor, Anthony Fauci, in the White House briefing room. As some of you may have heard, the the California and San Francisco Departments of Public Health and the CDC have confirmed that a recent case of COVID-19 among an individual in California was caused by the Omicron variant. Genomic sequencing was conducted at the University of California at San Francisco, and the sequence was confirmed at the CDC as being consistent with the Omicron variant. So I know there are a lot of questions, but here's what we know right now. The individual was a traveler who returned from South Africa on November the 22nd and tested positive on November the 29th. The individual is self-quarantining and all close contacts have been contacted and all close contacts thus far have tested negative. The individual was fully vaccinated and experienced mild symptoms which are improving at this point. So this is the first confirmed case of COVID-19 caused by the Omicron variant detected in the United States. And as all of you know, because we've been discussing this, this, we knew that it was just a matter of time before the first case of Omicron would be detected in the United States. And as you know, we know, I've been saying it, and my colleagues on the medical team and others have been saying it, we know what we need to do to protect people. Get vaccinated if you're not already vaccinated. Get boosted if you've been vaccinated for more than six months with an mRNA or two months with J&J. And all the other things we've been talking about, about getting your children vaccinated, masking in indoor congregate settings, etc. Now, on to our conversation with New York City Deputy Health Commissioner Torian Easterling. He spoke to our reporter Peter Haskell about efforts underway to understand the new variant. What we are certainly looking for um, are to learn more about how uh, the Omicron variant reacts in real-world situations. So are we seeing higher incidence of severe infection and illness as a result of someone being exposed to the Omicron variant? Are we seeing any reports of what we call immune evasion? Uh, Does the current vaccine remain effective against the Omicron variant? I think these are some of the questions that our world's uh, scientific community is certainly looking at. Um, We expect uh, to to learn more preliminary studies uh, in the next couple of weeks, but it, it will take some time for us to understand Uh, a little bit more around how effective our vaccines are going to be against this variant. Is the timing different, and how is the timing different for determining transmissibility, severity, and then vaccine effectiveness? Are there different timelines for each of those things? Well, we certainly are going to have to see how Uh, individuals react and so one question is are we seeing uh, more severe uh, infections uh, as a result of this variant so 
some of the preliminary studies have shown that uh, individuals who are infected with this variant, uh, that there are milder infections, um, but it's still too early to tell. And so I think that's something that we may know more about as the data comes out, particularly around uh, infection and, and illness and how that appears. Um, but certainly with the vaccine uh, and its effectiveness, we know that the scientific community uh, and manufacturers are working uh, to see uh, if the uh, if our vaccines are effective against the variant, but also our treatments. Remember, monoclonal antibodies, convalescent plasmas are tools in the toolbox that can really help curb the spread of this this virus. Uh, and so I do think that there will be more time uh, to, to see how our treatments are working, but certainly uh, we'll know more about uh, the way that the virus is causing infection, I think, in the coming days. I'm curious about the vaccine effectiveness. Is that something that is uh, teased out and determined by public health officials, or is that more the drug companies saying, okay, this is, we're not getting the same results, so we have to start working for a better option? Yeah, it's a very good question. Uh, but we but we look at uh, both the data that manufacturers put out. Uh, certainly, we've seen this uh, with uh, our three current vaccines, uh, both uh, mRNA vaccines and Johnson Johnson, looking at the effectiveness against the current variants uh, in the classic COVID virus. Uh, but we also look at real world world data. Uh, we put out information. Uh, we see uh, that the primary individuals who are uh, who have high uh, infection rates are those who are unvaccinated. And so this continues to support uh, that our vaccines are effective against Delta because the Delta virus is uh, the most dominant variant that's in New York City. And it continues to provide a protection for those who get fully vaccinated. And I think those are some of the pieces that we look at, uh, both the effectiveness in the clinical trials, but also real-world data that we have and our agency puts out. Uh, and I think this is helping to really reinforce the importance that if you're not vaccinated, you should get vaccinated now. If you are vaccinated, you should certainly get a booster if you're eligible. It's been just about a year since the first vaccine came out. If people are still holding out, how do you reach them? Can you reach them? Do you think Omicron or more concerns about Delta or something else will convince people to get a shot? Yeah, I think we we receive this question time and time again, and I think... Um, you know, the, the ways in which we have employed strategies to help individuals uh, get vaccinated, we know that there are different reasons why individuals get vaccinated. Uh, there are certainly, you have the early adopters who are really eager to get vaccinated, and there's not much convincing or controlling that you would need to do. We certainly saw over the summer that the Delta variant, its mere presence, really encouraged individuals who were hesitant and needed more understanding about the virus, they began to get uh, vaccinated as well. We, you know, as a city, has all, have also employed various strategies, such as incentives 
in vaccine requirement. And we are still seeing New Yorkers get vaccinated with with those policies in place. And so it, it is reason uh, to think that uh, with the presence of the Omicron variant, that you will see individuals who haven't stepped up before to get vaccinated now step up um, as more information comes out. Um, but we're going to continue to keep our foot on the pedal here. We know vaccines save lives. We know all of the other prevention measures that are helping uh, to prevent illness as well. I think that we have to just continue to put forth that message. Another question we had was about sequencing. The the under-the-microscope investigations scientists are regularly engaged in as they study COVID-19 positive cases here in New York. Yeah, so this is something that we are certainly uh, paying close attention to. Um, A lot of the work that we do, uh, one, in making sure that we have a really robust testing infrastructure, and I just want to remind your listeners uh, to know that we have testing all over uh, the city. Uh, And so it is really important uh, that, you know, individuals, we're just coming out of the Thanksgiving holiday, that individuals do know that they can get tested. uh, And um, whether they uh, are hopping on our website, nyc.gov slash vaccine, COVID vaccine, or calling our 212 COVID-19 number uh, to find their their local testing location. Um, But as far as uh, sequencing, we take a representative uh, sample of all of the tests that are done. And that representative sample is enough for us to understand how much of a certain variant is circulating in our communities. Right now, uh, the, the the majority uh, of cases that have been sequenced continue to show Delta variant uh, is present in our community uh, at a high rate. And so, and we already know, as I've shared before, that the vaccines are effective against the Delta variant, which is why we just continue to reinforce how important it is to get vaccinated. Once Omicron shows up in the city, how quickly do you think or how long will it take before you're able to identify it? Well, we're going to continue to uh, encourage individuals to get tested, but we know that uh, as individuals are become, getting vaccinated and becoming fully vaccinated, um, we're going to see individuals test less. Um, but um, as we uh, continue to work with our scientific community uh, to do sequencing, we're going to just make sure that um, we uh, are identifying as much as we can. Um, but I think it's more important that we are able to message what's going to help uh, keep people safe. And I think what we are asking individuals to do is to continue to do the things that will keep you safe, vaccination, masking, and all the other precautions. We're going to continue to employ all of the different resources that we have, uh, testing, you know, making sure that people are getting vaccinated and working with our scientific community here in New York City uh, to, to, do, to continue to do in sequencing. The city is at a point where you need to prove that you've been vaccinated to get into a restaurant or a theater. As we move forward, what's still in the toolbox if we do need tighter restrictions? Well, I think what, we, what we've seen uh, is that um, we're going to continue to 
look at ways that we can expand on our policies. We continue to offer incentives. Um, we, the mayor just recently announced uh, a commissioner's advisory, uh, really recommending masking uh, in, indoors. Uh, we're also making sure that we've expanded our vaccine requirements now uh, for uh, child care centers uh, that was also recently announced. Um, and we're going to continue to double down on our messaging about the importance of individuals who are already fully vaccinated uh, to get uh, their booster dose. I think those are the steps that we're going to continue to look at. And uh, as we move forward and we learn more about Omicron in the coming days, uh, we'll take uh, uh, an assessment uh, of other additional steps that we can take uh, to keep people safe. Based on where we sit now, do you foresee any circumstances that would lead to another lockdown? I think the I think there is a lot that's unknown right right now, and uh, as we continue to follow the science um, and and understand uh, how Omicron is going to uh, you know continue to play out, uh, we will then follow it closely and and work with CDC to understand uh, what we need to know, and then we'll make decisions on additional precautions. We're coming out of a Thanksgiving weekend. People gathered, people traveled, people did all kinds of things they might not have done in a while. How long does it take until we learn about a potential Thanksgiving spike? And what are you looking at as we head toward Christmas and through Christmas and the new year? Well, we continue to follow our data uh, and in the, the main indicators that we continue to look at um, are uh, cases and transmissions across New York City, uh, our test positivity, and certainly uh, our hospital indicators are really important as we need to understand are our hospitals reaching capacity. And so these continue to be the indicators that we track. Uh, and we'll, we've already seen uh, cases start to increase before Thanksgiving, and we think that this is a combination of uh, colder weather, people moving indoors, and the presence of the Delta variant still circulating in communities with the presence of individuals still being unvaccinated. As I mentioned earlier, um, the majority of cases that we are seeing, we are seeing that unvaccinated individuals are seven, seven times more likely to be infected than those that are vaccinated. And so, you know, we need to uh, continue to watch the data as we are. Um, we also know that uh, as we see cases increase um, with time, we also do see hospitalizations begin to increase as well. There's been a slight uptick in hospitalizations, um, but not as high as we've seen in the past. And we think that's because there are more individuals that are vaccinated. So these are the key indicators that we're going to continue to look at. And certainly with the presence of this emerging new variant like Omicron, these are all the different factors that really uh, reinforce the need for us uh, to really double down on how important vaccines can not only curb this pandemic, but also keep us safe. By the way, before we let him go, we did want to ask Dr. Easterling about being the face of the New York City Health Department this fall in all of those television commercials. 
Um, it, it does feel a little different, uh, but it, it has been uh, really important for us to get the message out. Uh, I have uh, certainly uh, been, um, you know, hitting all of the town halls, and so even before the PSAs, really making sure that we were getting the message out with our community partners. And so this has been important. Uh, this has been our, another tool in our toolbox to make sure that we're getting the message out working with different messengers, supporting individuals and communities to get vaccinated. And uh, it certainly has been an honor for me uh, to really help uh, to get this message out about vaccine saving lives. Dr. Hurry's tooling, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate it. Data really does help us measure how we are doing in the COVID fight. And for those who follow such things, the positivity rate here in New York has been creeping up, especially New York State. Frankly, it's being driven by double-digit numbers in the Finger Lakes region and western New York. We were so curious about this that we wanted to get on the phone with someone who could tell us more. Peter Haskell spoke to Dr. Thomas Russo, professor and chief of infectious diseases at the University of Buffalo, Jacobs School of Medicine. Well, unfortunately, Erie County in western New York is experiencing a significant surge uh, of cases right now. And I think there's multiple factors. Obviously, Delta is part of the problem. And uh, when Delta first showed up here in, in July, we first had sort of a low level of cases during the summer. But as we hit the uh, cooler weather months, people started to do more indoor activities, we saw a surge in cases, which is ongoing right now. So I think that shift from the outdoor to the indoors, we know the virus spreads more readily indoors, has been part of the factor. I think perhaps an equally important factor, and and we saw this sort of in the beginning of July, uh, cases were low before Delta showed up. People are have significant pandemic fatigue. They want to be done with this mess. And so people relax in terms of the behavioral measures. People started gathering. They were doing social catch-up in terms of you know, not being able to see friends and do the things they've loved for so long. And that sort of continued, even though when Delta showed up and cases started to creep up a little bit in the summer months and subsequently at a greater rate more recently, people are pretty much behaving for the most part in either pre- or post-pandemic pandemic mode, depending on what descriptor that you want to do. And so obviously uh, behavior has been not optimal. And though some people are doing a good job, uh, a lot of people have foregone mask usage in indoor settings and involved with risky behaviors. And, you know, Delta is so infectious. That's been another significant driver. And I think finally, the last factor, and obviously this affects everyone, um, is that we thought the the pool of susceptible individuals would shrink as more people were getting shots in arms uh, and that uh, if you were infected with Delta, uh, you would likely uh, be protected at least for a certain amount of time. But I think what we're learning is, uh, you know, four to six months out from our initial vaccination series, we're having waning of vaccine-induced immunity. Uh, and if you were infected in the earlier waves of this pandemic pre-Delta, it's likely that immunity from prior infection is waning as well. So we're probably having a slight increase in the susceptibility pool as, a, as a, we'd like to see it shrinking, and I suspect that's not the case. Uh, and that is uh, also uh, contributing to infections. 
And I think the last factor, and it's difficult to really quantitate how important this is, the vaccination rate in parts of Western New York are lower than they are downstate. Uh, the state average is 69%, with 64% in Erie County, and the other surrounding counties in Western New York, in these rural counties, is significantly less. Allegheny County, which is part of the Western New York region, has the lowest vaccination rate, which uh, to be fully vaccinated is in the 40s. Uh, and so obviously, uh, higher vaccination rates are going to be protective as well. I want to ask you about behavior. If you're in the city, it's, it's very uncommon to walk into a store and see somebody without a mask. What's it like there? Well, Erie County imposed a mask mandate about two weeks ago. The surrounding counties have chosen not to do so. They, quote, trust individuals to do the right thing. However, prior to that mask mandate, really only a minority of individuals were wearing masks in grocery stores and retail stores. And we know that about a third of the uh, population here in uh, Erie County and even uh, a greater proportion in uh, surrounding counties are not fully vaccinated. So we know that there were many people that were not fully vaccinated, that were not wearing masks, and, you know, no one really wants to be the mask police. And uh, with the mask mandate in Erie County now, mask usage is, you know, significantly increased, and I think that's going to help, but it hasn't been uniform in this region. Uh, and people have you know, not embrace mask use as a bridge to vaccination uh, or a bridge to their booster. And as a result, I think that, unfortunately, that's going to contribute to an increased number of cases as well. The vaccine came out about 50 weeks ago, almost a year. If people haven't gotten it so far, it seems clear they don't want to get it. So the question is, how do you reach those people? Can you reach those people? And do you think Omicron might turn the tide and convince some people? Yeah, it's been sad and frustrating because we've had enough vaccine and enough time really to get everyone vaccinated that's eligible. But unfortunately, as you point out, that's not been the case. And we could all see the results as when Delta showed up, it's so infectious that if you're not protected, uh, it's going to find you. I think when Delta did arrive initially, it did move the dial a little bit on some individuals that were yet to be vaccinated. I suspect that Omicron will do the same thing. Uh, it certainly uh, led to a, an increased demand for booster shots, and I think we're seeing a big uptick here in Western New York and, and people trying to get their booster shots and a little bit in terms of initial vaccinations as well. But at the end of the day, there's a variety of reasons that people have chosen not to get vaccinated. Some combination of uh, uh, misinformation, a sense of invulnerability, you know, that, oh, if I get infected, I'm going to be fine. And obviously, you know, this virus is unpredictable and potentially lethal and can have both intermediate and long-term consequences. And then uh, I think what's really not discussed enough is a lot of people just don't trust gov our government. And that correlates very well with, uh, you know, vaccination rates in countries, countries that where the population has a high trust of government, have the highest vaccination rates. And we have a significant minority here that does not trust uh, the FDA, does not trust the CDC, and they don't believe the information coming out. And that's contributed to that. So I think for us to get the levels that we really need to get to minimize the damage and uh, protect our community, 
unfortunately, vaccine mandates are going to play a role, and, and that's probably uh, the biggest factor that's moved the dial over the last couple of months. Uh, Omicron may move it a little bit more, but we just need to get more shots in arms to try to stem the tide here. And last word this week goes to Dr. Anthony Fauci, who, while concerned about the Omicron variant, offers this perspective on how he thinks this will all play out. It is too early to say, and I think we need to be careful because I know you're going to be reading a lot of tweets and a lot of comments about this. We're really very early in the process. In Depth is a production of WCBS News Radio 880. Our thanks to Peter Haskell and to Dempsey Pilat. We invite you to listen every week. It's as easy as subscribing to the podcast wherever you get your audio. You can find us on our website, WCBS880.com, under podcasts, the Odyssey app, Apple Podcasts. Just search for 880 In Depth. Thank you for listening, and please be safe. a time of renewal so why not refresh your home with a little help from blinds.com we make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact choose from premium blinds shades and shutters we even have options for your patio too Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.